This is weird. Big Brother's over. It's been over for about two weeks, and I honestly don't know what else to start the podcast talking about. I know. That's what we always started with. I know. And even when we have nothing Big Brother related to talk about, we've still managed to start the podcast talking about Big Brother. It's well. I'm. I mean, the idea struck me just now, but yeah, it's from those fun little coinky dinks. There's always Survivor, but I don't watch Survivor. I don't watch. I don't trust shows that like aren't live. You know, like I watch The Ultimate Fighter, and I'm always like, okay, production's showing this person a lot. Does that mean they make it through to the end? What does this edit mean? They're making this guy seem like a jerk. Maybe he gets knocked out really soon, you know? I don't watch Survivor. I don't know why. It's just weird because I watch Big Brother three times a week for three months, but I won't watch Survivor, which is only, you know, 12 or 13 episodes. (laughs) Big Brother's like... I don't know. Big Brother deserves to have three episodes a week. Yeah. They get... the Like, imagine if they just crunched the show down to, like, 13 episodes like Survivor did. It would be... It, it wouldn't work. No. It w- they would have to shove, like, two or three competitions, at least two competitions, into one episode every week. And we wouldn't get to we like wouldn't get to see strategy or like how each head of household was. It it wouldn't make any sense. No. Yeah. It would not. No. Meanwhile, Survivor is just a bunch of people hanging out on an island. But there's some really good blind sides of Survivor from what I've seen. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of Survivor clips. When I was uh, in 7th or 8th grade, there was this show that was on, I think it was like, it wasn't Disney Channel or Nickelodeon, but it was like in between those two. And it was basically Survivor uh, Teenager Edition. It was like, they would put these kids on an island and like they they were in teams of five or maybe it was just teams of two i think it was teams of like i think it was more than two though and whatever team like got last in that week's competition would have to vote for like would be up for the members of that team would be up for elimination and then the yeah the like two people from that team would be voted on by the rest of the participants and then they would go up and they'd have to play a very convoluted game of rock paper scissors to decide who stayed on the island Yeah, like or against another team, and they would put water or wood. Oh, that was it. It was 
Right, it was two teams, because, like, I remember now two different teams. You put out the fire, the fire burns the wood, and the wood, the wood burns on, or floats on top of the water. That's right. I forget what that show was called. That must have been really intense for, like, a... They're probably like 16 or 17. You know what's the, They're just in the woods with this random dude just playing rock, paper, scissors for, I assume, like a scholarship or something. And you never saw them again? No, they were gone after that. What did he do with them? I don't, I don't I think they... So it was actually on, I think, CBS, and it was called Kid Nation... <laughs> And basically, what it was was about three kids from the ages of nine to sixteen put into this old west town with no electricity or anything, and they had to live like pioneers. <laughs> and they they had different levels of leadership and jobs and stuff, and then all they vote every so often to give money to like to give money to kids who they felt deserved it. Kid Nation, it was called. Dang. That sounds like a great... That sounds like it was invented by parents who wanted their kids to impre- to appreciate them, you know? Or kids... Or parents just wanted their kids to be gone. <laughs> right. Mom and dad wanted to take a second honeymoon and they had to get uh, Ricky out of the house. Yeah. I remember there was one girl from Wisconsin because we were all from over the country but she left on day two because she couldn't handle it oh it's a bad look for Wisconsin okay. uh, she was also like nine you <laughs> <laughs> was like nine years old that's a good point there was actually um uh last season or the season before one of my mom's co-workers had their daughter on uh, Master Chef Junior. Oh really? Yeah, I think her name was Sydney, and she only talked. She only like appeared on the show twice. Like for some reason, like she just didn't appear on camera a lot. So she didn't win. No, she did not win. She got a good way through. She was a kid. I think she got about halfway. I don't know. I watched Hell's Kitchen Children's Edition once, and that was not the same because he wasn't yelling. That was looking really good. <laughs> it's spicy, but you have to leave. He wasn't like, you fucking dog guy, get out of my kitchen. <laughs> you're never going to watch anything. You might as well drop out of that bed, great, because you're useless. There's a there's a really good YouTube edit where it takes audio from Hell's Kitchen and puts it over MasterChef visuals. So it's like it's like little kids like whisking their heart out while Gordon Ramsay's like, "Oh, you in donkey, you disgrace." It's so good. It'd be hor- it'd be horrible if that's what he actually said. 
I would too. Anyways, we're the Pen Pals Podcast. I'm your pen pal, Egg. With me, as always, is Jess GG Jess. Yeah. Yeah. That's me. That's you. You're the you're the you're the man. Do you wanna do you wanna get into the the you wanna get into the fleshy underside of this one? Mm-hmm. Just wiggle up in their intestines. On anything that we're doing in this podcast, usually I get an agenda, but somebody's too busy to give me a full agenda, so I have no idea what to expect. You go on in blind, I'm like. I'm like the redhead from the village. I'm blind and I can't see anything. All right. So, well, one wild ride. also like the village, M. Night Shyamalan directed this podcast. Thank you, M. Night. By the end of the movie, it's going to reveal that I'm two uh, monkeys in a trench coat. Yeah, but that's not a surprise to anybody. That's true. I'm, I do sound like a monkey. And my coordination is so off that it does appear as though two monkeys are trying to pilot my body. That's why I pick stuff up with my feet. You have monkey feet. Mm-hmm. People, people probably think that's a joke, but I seriously do pick things up with my feet. And yeah. yeah. Anyways, he also um. Licks his toes. I don't lick my toes, I suckle them, like teats. Well, I have, a, I have a video of me suckling your toe. That Oh yeah, you do, because you dared me to, and I ain't no bitch. That's right. Well, I mean, you are. Alright, well, that's a little offensive. Kidding. Okay, um... The normally we talk about books to start the show. I wanted to talk about uh, a different kind of writing, uh, a TV series. I wanted to talk about Avatar: The Last Airbender. And uh, oh. you, right? You watch that show? You like that show? I I have that show. Yes. Okay. Good. Gee, what what's the what's the synopsis? The spark notes for uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender. Like what's the uh, what's the premise? Like if you looked at the like show description on Netflix or Hulu, what would it say? Um. All right. So, Avatar: The Last Airbender was on Nickelodeon in the early to mid two thousands, and so basically. So let me, let's see here. It's kind of, yeah. Um, what? It's kind of a, it's kind of a, a big premise. This is just what happens when you throw me off guard. I'm sorry. Right. So basically the premise is a long ago, the nations lived together in harmony and everything changed when the fire nature attacked. Only the avatar, master of all four elements, stopped them. But when the world needed him most, he vanished. 
a hundred years passed, and my brother and I discovered a new avatar, an airbender named A. That's 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 what Avatar: The Last Airbender is about. Yeah, it's basically about. Basically, the world the the world is full of elements: water, fire, air, and earth. And they all got along until the Fire Nation was all like, nah, uh-uh, uh And basically the people that live in these nations, some of them condemn that element. So firebenders bend fire, and earthbenders bend earth, and waterbenders bend water, and mud, apparently. And the air can bend air. And basically every, every generation has an avatar who can master all four of the elements, they can control all of them, and they're the avatar. And basically the avatar disappeared when the Fire Nation attacked, because... Hello? You still there, Jess? Oh. Yeah, you anything I said? No, I heard everything until you said, and when they needed him, the avatar disappeared because... And I assumed you were going to say because he's a little bitch, but I wasn't sure. No, because he was, he was frozen. And then they find him, and then they're going to use him to fight the fire nation and restore peace to the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um... Basically, yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I watched the show probably in middle school when it started and now it had a big impact on me as a kid it was the first like japanese-ish show that i watched regularly so it kind of like opened my eyes to that whole i know but it's got japanese influences I don't know. It kind of like... You know? Yeah. Yeah, like... um, The first seasons especially are like... It reminds me of what you said about Harry Potter last week, where like it starts off like very young and for younger kids, and then like as it goes on, it gets more and more like mature and serious. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But anyways, it's... I don't know, the writing style is very good. Mm-hmm. It's great for, like... Um, yeah. It's great for, like, what? For, like, all ages. Like, little kids yeah. can like it, and I think adults can like it. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Oh, snap. I might have to... You can, borrow them from a, you can borrow them from a kid named Garrett and then never get them back. Is that, or is that what happened with you, Jesse boy? <laughs> yes, it is. Ooh. It's shirtless. I hope Garrett doesn't listen to the podcast. He might come calling. <laughs> we can deal with Garrett. Yeah, 
bucks, so we're even. That's fair. I would call that even. So, yeah, I and then I never really watched Legend of Korra. No, me neither. But I, I heard it's good. Mm-hmm. I watched. Like I, heard things of- <clears throat> I watched some of the first season. And it was interesting, and then after that, I kind of just lost interest. And then they made her a lesbian, right, at the end? Yeah, they did the old lesbian switcheroo, where it was just like... And you know what? Well... Hey, is not a supporter of the LGBTQ community. That's not true at all. I've ma- I have many friends who are part of that community. Um, here's why... Here's why Here's why I don't like the the old lesbian homosexual switcheroo is because it's it's trying to have their cake and eat it too in my opinion. It's like on one hand you want this character to appear straight and have straight love interests throughout the series so that you're not offending anybody. But you also want to throw in hints to, like, also get the the satisfaction of, like, hey, we're supporting diversity without ever really taking the leap and saying this is a, like, this is a LGBTQ uh, character and we're going to stand by that decision. It's like, I wouldn't have a problem with it if like a character developed into that and then we still got to explore like what that meant in their culture and what that meant for their character but putting it at the end when we really can't expand upon that and when we see and i think they put it at the end because they wanted that's what the fans wanted like there was no hints really of her being a lesbian but the fans, you know, shipped her with another female character. And at the end, the creators gave a nod to the, the fans by implying that she ends up with that character. So I agree. Like, they should have developed that large, much sooner in the series. Yeah. Instead of putting it in there for the sake of putting it in there. Yeah. And for the record, Egg does not hate the LGBTQs. I was just kidding. He's a supporter of them. I'm a supporter of them. I'm part of the community, technically. He's technically part of the community, if you technically count asexual. And pansexuality as part of it. And we do. We sure do. Mm Mm-hmm. You did a whole speech on it. It was really good. And I shouldn't have said that you were were pansexual. I meant to say demi. Right. No, it's okay. I assumed you were talking about our uh, friend who is pansexual. Yes. Mm-hmm. And just to like, I really liked Love Simon. I thought that was great. I think it would be great to have a kids show that showed characters that were homosexual. I just think there's a better, more productive way to go about it than doing what Legend of Korra did or doing what Adventure Time did and just tacking it on at the end to say, this is something we good we did. Aren't we so nice? Sure. You know what I really don't like, though? 
Hmm. Oh, speak. Yeah, M Night Shyamalan again. Just. Mm-hmm. Now there's a flaming garbage. There's a live action series coming out by the original producers, and I just hope to the lard up above that they have the the budget to make that good. I would hope to, and I you know, I, I'm not gonna judge it yet because they could do well. They could. They could do it fantastically. We'll see. We'll see. is going to ruin the show. Like, I think the cartoon is what it is, and we have that. So I think, you know, it's going to be okay. Yeah. It's not going to take away from what we already have. That's right. Mm-hmm. I would... I kind of want to see them do a third season. Like, oh. like I, I, would ra- I, would, I would kind of like to see, like, a third iteration of the Avatar. Like, who comes after... Korra. Is it? It's an Earthbender. I'd like to see an Earthbender. Is it an Earthbender? I think because like the guy before Aang was a Firebender, then it was Air. Would be an Earthbender. You know, show me the Earth. Show me the Firebender before Aang. I would watch that. Yeah, yeah, that'd be really cool. We had an episode for him, but I want more of a of that hot man. Yes. Yeah, that fiery in fuego. Hmm. Bring that over to my mouth. All right. Hey, Jess. Yeah. I've got I've got some fun fun stuff planned for. For this episode, if you would like to partake of, of them. Sounds great. Okay, this is a um, a new show that I talked about a little bit. No, not a new show, sorry. This is a new game that I talked about a little bit last week. It's called Stealing the Show. It's where each of us create the plot for an episode of a TV show and the other person picks uh, what TV show it would be. So like, so like if I said do make your own SpongeBob episode, you would, you know, make your own episode of SpongeBob. All right. You know what I mean? It's kind of like uh like a fun little fun little thing. A fun little, like what would you what would you do? Do you want? I guess we're gonna go. Do you want? Uh, do you want to give me a show first, or would you like me to give you a show first? Okay. Oh, this is interesting. Um, do an episode of Roseanne. Okay. Roseanne. Can I just tell you what the plot of this episode would be? Yeah, give me like like the plot and details and like what it would be about. Okay. So this episode would cover because Roseanne always covered serious issues mm-hmm. whilst filming in comedy 
So this episode we're covering the issue of gun, uh, the right to bear arms, the Second Amendment, and gun ownership in the United States. And um, Roseanne would go to a gun show, and they, they would try to like buy a gun. And then that one daughter who's all not about things that are Republican and conservative would be like, "You can't buy a gun because." Yeah, gun violence, and then they'd be like, "This is the United States," and they'd make a bunch of jokes about guns, and and then um, they would buy a gun, and then and later in the episode, the gun would be falling in the hands of the young grandchild or some young some young child, and it'll go off. It will fire off, and it will take off the child's head. Oh, dang. It, it wouldn't kill the child, but it would fire off, and they'd be like, oh, my God, oh, my God, the gun. And then they would realize that you have the right to have a gun, but you need to be smart about owning a gun, like putting it out of reach of children, blah, 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 blah. And then later on, like, the gun, like, somebody would try to break into, like, the house, but they would defend them by pointing the gun at them. They would run off, and then the daughter would be like, oh, I guess guns are important in protecting us, but we need to be smart about them. And they would just come to, like, a happy medium about the gun. And, you know, it would all be packaged in the 30-minute episode. So Roseanne made racist tweets, and now she's no longer on the show. Right. We're airing it next week without her. So, so yeah. It'll be interesting to see because they already killed John Goodman in that show once and walked that one back. How are they gonna? What are they gonna do with Roseanne? Are is she gonna be dead? Mm-hmm. Oh, is she really gonna be dead? Yeah, she's gonna be dead on the show, and they're gonna kill her off with because of a. Uh, um, opioid overdose. Whoa. Holy nuts. I, the last season ended with her potentially having an addiction to prescription painkillers, so now I guess that's how they're going to kill her off. Damn. I kind of, I obviously I feel like, um, I feel pretty crappy about the whole Roseanne situation, but I like that nobody else is being punished for what she said, you know? Right. Like, the cast... It wasn't the cast and crew's fault. It, it was nobody else's fault except for hers, and I like that the crew still gets to keep their jobs and the cast still gets to keep their jobs and not be punished for, you know, her... whatever. But how good is the show going to be without this? Like, Roseanne is a great show. Mm-hmm. But, you know, should they really continue the show without her? That's the real question. Right. I don't... We'll have to see, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to see. You know? I hope it's good, though. I'm, did you ever watch the original show? Not a lot. Just to know that... Just enough to know that Leonard from The Big Bang Theory was on it. Sheldon's mom was on it. 
and the girl that looks like our old English professor was on it. Yeah. It's very, I don't know. It's a, it's a very good show. It was very ahead of its time. And what surprised me about the Roseanne tweet, it was racist and uncalled for. But like on her show, she's very pro, like, she's very pro uh, LGBTQ and race. Like in this last season, for instance, there was an episode about Muslims being discriminated against against and people showing racism towards them and her defending them so it's just surprising that she would be so reckless with a tweet like that i don't know yeah oh. there's like without trying to turn this into a political podcast or anything no it's just i wish that um like what's what's scary about the time we live in and this isn't like a comment on like freedom of speech or anything it's just scary that like if you're a celebrity, you can go and like talk to millions of people at any time and any way. Like, you know, and it lasts forever. Like the James Gunn thing. I'll put my foot down with foot down with James Gunn. You should not get fired for a tweet you made six years ago. No, I don't think he should have put it out there. It's about owning. It's about owning what you say, and they both said things that uh, I don't think I, I am a fan of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. However, he should direct the next one if that's you know when he tweeted it became public again. That's just what it is, and you know, and Disney doesn't want association with that. Then I understand, just like ABC doesn't want to associate with. What Roseanne said, but also in the same fact, look at things that the president said. He's still in office. Should he be in office? I'll let you decide. I'm not going to comment on it, and you're not going to comment on me. All right. I wasn't, I, for the record, I wasn't going to get into a, a discussion about the president. But we can, just, we can just move on from the political sphere. Because that's, that's a bit touchy I for everybody. Oh snap! You see, what's really tricky about this, huh? What's really tricky about it is what? Well, I've just never seen an episode of the Golden Girls. But hold on. All right, all right. Nope, I got it. Okay. So. Well, you got you got Blanche. All right. She's the slutty Golden Girl. Dorothy's a sarcastic Golden Girl. Sophia's the old senile golden girl, and Rose is the dumb golden girl. Rose is Betty White, right? That's right. Okay. All right. So, all right. Blanche. Oh, oh okay. So Rose uh, wakes up. She goes down to get breakfast, and there's... There's a big there's a big party going on. There's I don't know what was popular at the time. Disco music is blaring and like everybody's just parting it up and she can't she can't get to the toaster to make her morning English muffin. 
And so she's like, she's like shooing everybody. She goes, oh, not again. And she grabs a broom and she starts like shooing everybody out of the house. She's like, I need my coffee. I need my English muffin. Get out, get out. And she, she turns off the music and Blanche is just dancing in the living room all by herself now, just singing away, having a good time. She's like, Blanche, you need to stop all this partying or we're going to kick you out. And Blanche is like, you're not, you're not going to kick me out, Rose. And Rose is like, this, you've been doing this literally for 30 days in a row. We're going to kick you out if you don't stop. Okay, no, hold on, I can work with this. So Blanche is like, Rose, you've forgotten one thing. I own the house, I'm going to kick you out. Rose is like, you wouldn't do that. Jump cut, Rose is out on the street <laughs> with her, with <laughs> with just the broom that she used to shoo everybody out. And then, um, so she's like, she's like, well, I, I guess I'll just start <laughs> begging for money. <laughs> so she's, no, hold on. It's really funny. She's like, she's like trying to sing and nobody's putting money in her hat. And finally one dude comes up and he was like, lady, if you promise to stop singing, will you, uh, can I pay you if you promise to stop singing? And she goes, Oh, absolutely, and he pays her, and then she starts, like, tap dancing and accidentally trips a man carrying groceries home, and they spill all over the place. And and then eventually it's just dark and storming and raining, and Rose probably has pneumonia at this point. Um, but she's, she's begging uh, on the side of the road when all of a sudden who should appear but um Blanche and Blanche is like oh Ro she had a southern accent didn't she? Yeah she did. Alright. Oh Rose, what are you I can't do it. <laughs> They're very similar. You get a southern accent for Well well yeah I did, but that was that was a man's southern accent. It's harder to do a woman's southern accent. Oh, Rose. And she's like, she's like, Rose, we've been looking for you. Where'd you go? And Rose is like, what do you mean, where'd I go? You kicked me out. And Blanche is like, I did? And Rose realizes, oh, Blanche was just drunk to high heaven. That that morning, <laughs> she kicked Rose out. Six in the morning, she's drunk to high heaven. She was partying, and Rose is like, right. "No, you didn't." I was. That was a fun little joke. And Blanche is like, "I don't really get it, but come on home. We're making English muffins." And then they go home, and it's happily ever after. Wow. Mhm. Mm what an interesting episode. Yeah. Thank you so much for reminding me that um. Blanche was the owner of the house. Reminding you or telling you? Telling me is probably more accurate.
<laughs> oh, Rose. Oh, Rose. Do you want to do... Uh... I got Oh, yeah? So, uh, I got a podcast we can talk about. Ooh, let's talk about it. A podcast special. Um, basically, I was talking about this podcast that you recommended called My Brother and My Brother and Me. What's it called? It's called My Brother and My, my Brother and Me. My Brother, My Brother, My Brother and Me. My Brother, My Brother and Me. Yep. Whatever. And he likes this podcast. It's three brothers that talk about all sorts of random things. Right? Right. I listened to it for the first time yesterday. Okay. Will not be listening to it again. All right, that's fair. I could, I, it's their voices. I couldn't handle it. I'm sure there's plenty of reasons why they have 6,000 people listening to them and we have five, but <laughs> they cherish our five, okay? I cherish them. They're so sweet. Every one of you. Gigi, do you. Gigi, should we come up with a name for our listeners? That's a good one. That's very solid. There are pen pals. listeners should email us about anything. Yeah. I've... Um, at sugarbitch123 at gmail.com. What do you want us to talk about? What games do you want us to play? Do you have some reading? Or did you write something that you want us to read? Email us. Yeah. There's a couple of y'all out there. Please. We're looking to build our numbers and we ain't some things in the works to build our numbers but uh, yeah give us a give us a email reach out i will eat gross things i will put my hands and feet in nasty places i will i will say i will say funny things online i'll do whatever whatever i need to do to to pay pay for my next meal My brother, my brother. Well, first of all, I totally get your point. Their voices are very high pitched. They're also very similar to each other. It takes a long time to be able to differentiate uh, who is talking, but they're funny. They've been doing it for a long time, so it there's never like a bland episode. They're very skilled at their craft. And what they do is they just answer funny questions online. So it's always like fresh and exciting because it's always different questions and they have little inside jokes. Do you wanna do you wanna hear something funny? Well, like, sometimes I just put extra things in the podcast just in case, like, we're in a speedy mood. I, I for sure did put our version of what they do in uh, in this week's episode agenda. Well, let's get into it. All right. This is our segment, Thanks for Asking. I got all of these questions from the No Stupid Questions Reddit thread. And um, here's the first question. It was posted by... Hendrix underscore Gen 13. 
Nope, sorry, just Hendrix underscore Jin. The question is, could a panda F you up? Like, are they strong enough to kill a grown adult? I would say yes. Yeah. They're, they're a bear. They're bulky. They have claws. They, they, they eat bamboo, you know, and if a... I mean, this was clearly asked by someone who had never seen Kung Fu Panda. Just, they get you in that wooshy finger hold, you're done. Even rats. Hey guys, rats took out almost like half of Europe. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So I think we answered that question. That's pretty We're easy. Not or anything, so don't take our word for it. I mean, maybe I'm just feeling confident today, but I, I do feel 100% confident that Panda can F you up. Do not. There you go. Why, why would he ask that question? Like, does he want one as a pet? Is he getting it? Is he getting that like instead of a pony for his daughter? Maybe he's just curious. Okay. Mm. You shouldn't judge his motives. All right, that's. I'm sorry. What's the next question? Okay. <clears throat> this was asked by Mister One Two Three Kilos. Um, here's a question: When you donate blood, can you grow the blood? Back. When you donate yes, blood, I would yes, absolutely, you can grow the. Uh, I would call it growing blood back, but it's got to be replenished somehow, right? Yeah, your body like makes new blood. That's why, like, your body will your your body will naturally get rid of dead blood cells by like putting them in your poop, for instance, or like skin flakes or dead skin cells. But we don't run out of skin. No. So yes. I don't think that you would be able to donate blood if it didn't replace itself. It is. It. I wonder if he thinks that like, if the thought process is, well. If people can grow back blood, why do we need to donate it? It's because, like, you grow back blood. Right. Hypothetical, sir. Right. So, for, for our public service announcement of this podcast go donate blood it's actually really help healthy for you because it uh entices your body to make more blood and doesn't donate blood because he's afraid that they're going to use it to clone him i mean that's not one that's why i won't that's why i don't do like 23 and me i won't do 23 and me because they don't need to have samples of my blood that's mine Well, I either way, I don't want them to have my DNA. Then they know all the ways to defeat me. 
I know how to defeat you. Well, a bullet to the chest is a pretty good bet. Yeah, that's one. Not even that hard. Not even that hard. I'd give you a nice coffee. I'd wait a half hour until your, your brain's out and I'd blow up the house with you in it. Wow. That would probably work. Yeah, if it was like a sting operation. If I didn't see it coming, that would surprise me. What's the next question? All right. Oh, okay. This. All right. All right. This was asked by Reddit user Music Lover One Two Seven, and they say, "I know, right." How do I not feel stupid carrying a lunchbox to work as an adult? Should I get a larger bag and put the lunchbox inside it to keep it hidden? What do other people do? I'll tell you, that's not a stupid question. I'll tell you, I have the same problem. I have a nice lunchbox, but I don't want to like walk around college with a lunchbox and get judged. Mm-hmm. I'm sure nobody gives a crap if I have a lunchbox, but I put the I put the, my lunch in the front pocket of my of my um, backpack and it gets squished. But I rather I just I eat a squish lunch instead of walking around with my lunchbox. And if I have to like I'll use my lunchbox if I'm eating on the way home, but I don't take it into school and it's stupid not to. Who cares if you have a lunchbox? You know. Right. I would just say who cares. Who cares? Well, I would say. Well, I would say is, um, the next time you catch someone looking at your lunchbox, music lover or Jess, um, just viciously beat them up with it, and people will assume that it's more for self-defense purposes as well as a handy way of carrying your lunch, and no one will mess with you. That's very true as well. Yes, smack them silly. So this weekend, Aggie and I are going to a haunted attraction with some friends, and he he's afraid that he's going to urinate himself while punch somebody. So that should be good, and have plenty of stories for the next podcast. It'll be. I might bring my phone. Work a little bit. I know they tend to yell at you if you're recording them, but I think I can sneak it and I can get his reaction for you all. That'd be good. That'd be good. Um, I do just want to clarify, I know I've said this to you privately, that, but I'm very excited to hang out with you and our friends. I think that part's going to be awesome. It's going to be a great, great little adventure. I just, my bowels are very active. Um, I haven't peed myself in, whew, an acceptably long period of time. But, uh, you know... I, I could definitely see myself launching a spinning uh, heel kick at an unsuc- unexpecting zombie. And I would just feel terrible if that happened. Well, there's also one bonus activity I have. Ooh. Let's need you to agree to it before I tell you what it is. You need me to agree to it before you tell me what it is. Yes, sir. It's an activity for the podcast? Now, it would be for the podcast, and I will record it. Now, I just need you to agree to it on the podcast so we can hold you accountable. 
Uh, okay, I agree. All right. So, Ed will be, you know, we're recording it, will be, and I, uh, I already signed him up for it, so it's good that he agreed to it. And it's good that I coordinated him on air to agree to it. But I signed him up for a burial simulation where he will be placed into a coffin and they will simulate him being buried alive. So that'll be fun. This is... And I hope you all would look forward to it because he said he would do it and he can't back out. This is the worst thing you've ever done to me. This is the worst. I was I was running through my mind about what worst case scenarios and this is the worst thing you could have done. This is... So am I, am I, am I getting, they're going to put me in a coffin, I imagine. Yes. Am I getting buried? Uh, uh, Are there, this is the, no, I'm not leaving. I mean, I'm still going. It's just, it'll be really great content for the podcast. It's just and our YouTube channel, Sugar Ditch. And our YouTube channel, Sugar Ditch. Plug, plug, plug. Um, I'm just dumbfounded. This is that's a good one. That's a that you really got me there. Got you there, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Well. Oh, I'll find something for you. Yeah. This so, this podcast has hit a new level that you may not be prepared for. Oh, I, I think I can. All right. Well, this has been the pen pass. Oh, what? I just know one of your fears, and I'm exploiting it. That's what I'm doing. No, it's good. It's good. This will help me to get over uh, a fear. It's exposure therapy. Um, it, yeah, you know, it'll, it'll, uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. This is, well, I guess that's the podcast. That's, that's the podcast kids. I don't know if I have any, you know, all my brain cells are preoccupied with, uh, the idea of potentially getting buried. So I'm your pen pal egg. Yeah, and uh, thank you for coming to our little corner of the bookstore. You guys have a great night, day, whatever time of thing it is for you. You look like a slabbery bastard right now. You really got me good. We'll see you next time. Yeah, bye.